This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. As we welcome in the creator of the King's Beat in our 1320 Kings Insider James Ham, Hammer, you got any thoughts on this John Morant situation? Yeah, it's nuts, man. You have to, uh, if you're representing a city, you're representing a league, you're representing all your teammates, all this stuff, you have to be cognizant of that the whole time. And this is just, like, it's a bad look. Uh, you know, like, I- I've seen some really bad situations here in Sacramento with players and, like, their hanger-ons. Uh, you know, or their family members that are literally, you know, aunt and uncle making six figures to be your security. Like, and they come into the arena and push people around and they're not nice to people and they they don't like the food in one area. So they're going to go eat in the media room. Like there are people on, I wouldn't say every team because this team right here doesn't have a lot of that going on. Um, but there are uh, this happens a lot more than you would think in the league where, you know, players just can't say no. They've got too many people around them or they don't want to say no. You know, uh, like with Ja, it seems like he's surrounding himself with the wrong type of people, people who don't have his best interest at heart. And that's a problem. And, you know, I've seen it countless times. Like I've talked about Ben McLemore, like even when he came back for the second time, he had 25 ticket requests that he's filling out for every single game. And for a player, that means that he literally had 25 envelopes and he's begging each of his teammates for extra tickets because every player gets a certain amount of a lot of tickets. Once he got done with begging free tickets from everybody, he would have to send a locker room attendant with his credit card to go pay for the remainder of the tickets, which sometimes could be, you know, 20 or 30 tickets. And of course, you know, your friends have been Macklemore. You certainly wouldn't sit in uh, like upstairs like you got to have good seats and like he's doing this during pregame like it at 5:45 we walk into the locker room and this dude's sitting here acting as a ticket broker instead of focusing on a game and like teams can only do so much to tell somebody like hey you know we got to clean this up we got to figure this whole situation out but at the end of the day it really does rely on the you know it comes down to the player and them growing up and understanding what they're doing and and how much of a distraction it's become not just for everyone else but for themselves as well while they're supposed to be focused on a game and you know like i there's all kinds of stories i could tell you but you know players who have you know five different guys living in their house that all have credit cards and all have uh you know mercedes uh uh, leased out in their name all the credit cards are in their name and they got people running around and spending all their money all day long and doing stupid stuff. Mm. Like it, there Lord, is, I, a, wasn't, like, I hope that wasn't Ben McLemore. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, him. Ben, sure. Ben was part of that. Like, I'm sure that Ben, like he's playing in where'd he go? China right now. I, mm. I think, you know, he's playing because he probably needs to, 
And, you know, 60 was 65% of all NBA players are bankrupt by the time, uh, by four years after retirement. Mm -hmm. Like it's because they don't know how to, you know, work with their money. They're not taught some of these basics. And then they have people that they just can't say no to, whether it's they're guilted or whether people come up to them with like crazy restaurant ideas, whatever it might be, they get themselves into all kinds of trouble off the court financially and just with the the whole vibe around certain players and it's really it's hard to watch because you know a lot of these guys even jaw he's 23 years old like does he know how to say no to his friends yet does he know how to tell his friends like to knock it off Mm. he should but we're expecting a lot from a young guy and we can go back to when we're 23 and the stupid things we did um we're just not under the same microscope that he's under the other the other thing about that too when you talk about uh the basketball aspect of it is you you know two and a half years you know for a number of different teams Damien James now you too you've heard me talk about um teams take on the identity of their leader and look at Memphis mm-hmm. Memphis everybody out to get them you know public anyone they want to fight everybody Dylan Brooks if they're at the at the locker room if John Morant was the leader that we hope he ends up being at one point, if he was that right now, Dylan Brooks wouldn't have been doing half the stuff he's gotten away with at this point. Like, that, I think, I'm looking from the outside looking in. I could be completely wrong because people say stuff on the outside looking in talking about the Kings. It looks like Memphis is unhinged. Taylor Jenkins don't have control over that. Taylor Jenkins is either feeding into it or just trying to hold on for dear life. They look like a mess. They fighting every other night. They're getting in altercations. They've now lost eight of nine. Now Jaws is, who knows what's going on with his mental, if he's locked in and all this other stuff. Look like a mess. This is where you need a leader. This is where you need somebody. that where, When you have somebody that you can rely on that's dependable as a rock to fall back on and say this is, this is our identity, this is how we go about things, that's where you go. And they don't have that in Memphis because Ja running around talking about people capping on his people. I'll say this. They, they've got Steven Adams. And like, I, I think all of us out there, we've also, you know, had the our big friend that you bring with you when you're in, in a tight spot, mm. you know, and, and he's always acted as the enforcer. But I'll tell you, the moment that they, uh, that something happens to him, which of course it happened on the court where he's out, but like the moment that he gets into an altercation, and those guys don't step up to support him like he has every time, he's going to want out of there. And, and that it's just a it's a bad situation. I mean, there are ways to clear this up and, and to like sort of rehab the situation. But I, I think it's probably going to take some time and it's going to take some moves by the front office, uh, not now at the deadline, but like this summer. They're going to have to really put a support system in place that can handle some of the issues that they have here. Because uh, it's not good, you know. Like I, again, like, it, and it's not just these things happen in Sacramento; they happen in Memphis. I remember um, listening to a, like a radio report years ago that Allen Iverson at one point had like thirteen cars repossessed on the same day that were all you know people that were just driving his cars around and stuff. Like this happens a lot in the league. There is a uh, you know a, a lot of these these guys come from. Areas where, you know, they didn't have money growing up. Their friends didn't have money. They try to take care of everybody. They try to take care of family members. And it, it's 
like the the incredible feel good stories of you know these guys buying their mom's houses and stuff that's great but the other stories that that we see on a daily basis when we're there um are are ugly and and frustrating and like even at one point with with Ben specifically I had gone to media relations like twice and said hey like look are you guys stepping in is someone stepping in to help him because I see like a young kid who is not equipped for what's happening to him and it's becoming a huge distraction, but also like there's no way for him to get out of it. Like he needs help. Somebody has to step in mm-hmm. and their, their point of view is always like, look, we're going to do the best we can. But at the end of the day, you know, it's really, it's his money, it's his decisions, all that stuff. And it's just, it's tough to watch because it the game of basketball, there is like a hidden underbelly behind it. That's just very, very ugly. Well, let's transition here. I, it, it, it's 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 not directly to the Kings, but it is very Kings related. It's something that we haven't gotten to touch on yet, James. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Steph Curry uh, injured over the weekend. He's out uh, multiple weeks. He's likely going to be out, uh, or not likely. He will be out through the All Star game. So obviously, you know, no one wants to see a star. No one wants to see anyone get injured. No one wants to see a, a, a star of the caliber of Steph Curry get injured. But this does open the door for De'Aaron Fox uh, to be back in the All-Star game or to be in uh, the All-Star game. But more importantly, James, I'm curious to get your thoughts as to what this might mean for the Golden State Warriors uh, as they're fighting to keep themselves, you know, get themselves back into that top six and and, and solidify themselves as a, as a playoff team. Steph's absence over the course of the next couple of weeks. Steph's absence again over the course of the next couple of weeks, what do you think this looks like for the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, it's not good. I mean, he's their Mr. Everything. And without him, you know, they can win games, but, like, Clay Thompson have to, has to go back to being Clay Thompson. And I know he was really good in the month of January. He's going to have to be really good for the next two months. Like, I don't know exactly how long uh, that injury is, but what a strange injury. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like I've covered basketball forever. Um, I watch all kinds of sports. I, I know a lot about injuries because it's just part of the job. I'd never heard of what happened to him. And it just a really, really strange injury. Um, and, and I don't think because of that, I don't think we have any idea how long he's going to be out. Mm. This is not something that happens typically to people and sort of like a freak injury. Now, can they survive without him? Maybe, but... Like, they weren't thriving with him. They weren't thriving this season. Like, this has been a rough year for them, uh, even when he was healthy early in the season. So I'm not sure what they're going to, who they're going to be, but um, the Kings should be, uh, like, this is an opportunity. You got to take care of the opportunity. You have to, you know, it's just like we talk about with Davion. When when Fox is out, you need to step up and be the guy. Um, You know, the Kings need to to do that with the Pacific division. They need to step up right now and say, okay, we're the, we're the dudes who are going to step through that window that just opened. And, uh, and you know, we'll see if they can do it. Yeah. They right. are six and two over their last eight without Steph. So that's just worth pointing that, out. They, I remember they, they, that they go on a little run. Yeah. I remember that stretch. It was favorable schedule. Over the, sometimes that's all that, all you need. That's is, a, is, is, is a favorable over schedule. the last two seasons, they're 17 and 25. Uh, without Steph, but their most recent stretch, they did play well uh, without him. Now, again, that's isolating a sample size because we can go back further, and the first one, two, three, four games they played without Steph, they lost. 
they lost six. They lost five of the first six that they played without Steph. And, and you may have it up in front of you, right in front. But um, those wins, a lot of those wins, was on a nice little home stretch, right? Like home versus Memphis, home versus Charlotte, home versus Utah, home versus Portland, home versus Atlanta. Yeah, they can't. They can't win on the road with <laughs> Steph Curry. They then lost at home to Detroit and Orlando. Yeah, so I remember those two. Figure that out. Yeah, their their biggest yeah. issue is they they can't win on the road to save their life. They they really need him back by mid March, uh, starting March fifth to March twenty second. They have eight out of ten on the road, and I agree this it's just not a good road team, and they're going to be in trouble. And they don't have the ability to go out and add a bunch of pieces at the deadline. Um, it did. Did we see that Weissman has asked for a trade? Yeah, is that something I, that I thought happened? I heard something. I was actually about to <laughs> ask you. Yeah. I missed Damn that. Man. Yeah, I think I was going to actually ask you about that. Um, Imagine the Warriors Fort looking Ma's at him, him like, okay, bro, whatever. <laughs> I would, I would, James, would you take a flyer on Wiseman or Moody? Oh, the good and old flyer. Moody? Oh, I love flyers. I, take a flyer I love flyers. Oh, for sure. For sure, Moody. Um, Wiseman, uh, maybe. I mean, like, look, if I'm, if they'll take on a bad contract for a bad contract, then yeah. Like, if, if I'm trading Rashawn Holmes for for Weissman and and Moody, okay, like uh, why not? Why not get him in your gym and, and see what you can do with him? And, and I like Moody too. Um, I'm not saying that they're gonna do that, um, but what I'm saying is like like if desperate times call for desperate measures, there, um, I, I think the Kings could figure out a way to alleviate a little bit of cap space from them. I don't know. I I just think that the Kings also they really do have their eyes set on like some very specific types of players around the league. And Moody would be one of those, you know, the long athletic uh, wing. But at the same time, he just hasn't been good. And Weissman just hasn't been good. And he hasn't been able to stay healthy and he hasn't developed. And you always have to worry that that's just not going to happen with him. Uh, We're not talking about, you know, the Greg Oden situation where, you know, they gave him an additional contract because when he did play, he was great. He just couldn't stay on the court. Um this is a player who who just hasn't played, and that's that's a big deal. I mean, it's I, I feel bad for him because he's put in a like a no win situation, being uh, you know thrown onto basically a championship team, and also you know having injury issues to to boot. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, why not? He's he's still only twenty one years old. I'd and take a chance on him. You would? I would. Yeah. It's yeah. Cost I like I liked him a lot coming out of college. So maybe I'm I'm slightly. I mean, he's owed twelve million bucks next year, uh, which is a, I, I think it's a team option nine point six this year. So again, you could do something like Holmes if, if they would be willing to take on the contract, um, and it would almost be like a wash for next season. Well, James, you could be a big giant downer sometimes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so is it over? They 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 got they got walloped by thirty last night. They lost to the Pacers. Buddy Heald's revenge. It's, is, it, is it all over? Is the ride over? Yeah, the ride isn't over. This is this is what I tried to warn people about. There are going to be hiccups during the season. And I think the one thing that we probably learned over, um, I'd say a couple of things, we just learned over the last two games. Uh, number one, we've probably undervalued how important De'Aaron Fox is to this team. Um, you know, because we keep talking about, oh, is Sabonis the, the most important piece? Is uh, Malik Monk the most important piece? And 
this team, the last two games, look like they're waiting for Fox to walk through the door at any time and save them, and he never did. Mm. And, you know, that's a problem. Uh, the other thing I think it, I, I'm going to be ruthless here. You're looking at the trade deadline, and whether it's for now or whether it's for, you know, the next couple of seasons or whatever, is backup point guard becoming as big a concern for you as backup center? Because it sure does seem like it's an issue. Mm. If you're going to run Davion Mitchell and you're going to run, um, you know, Matthew Delvadova for any length of time, if Fox misses any more time between now and the end of the season, you're just in trouble. And I, I don't know what the problem is there with Davion. He's been given an opportunity and he didn't take it. And, I, you know, whatever the reason, again, I, I can't tell you. I just know that, like, when it's on the line and you need someone to step into that position, he he just didn't do it. He wasn't able to come up, uh, to rise up to the challenge. And if I'm them, uh, you know, it's one thing when you're playing him 8 to 12 minutes a night and he's almost like the de facto third, you know, shooting guard and, and Monk is playing the point, but you start to have better options if that's the case. I mean, you get guys like, uh, Keon Ellis that can play defense and can hit a wide open three and know their role and are willing to accept it he might be a better fit to play alongside Malik Monk because of his defensive prowess and his ability to catch and shoot than Davion Mitchell and so I think that this has been like a telling two days uh, for for Davion and I, you know I would be slightly intrigued to see what the Kings thought process is going into Thursday uh, and whether it's it's just been added to the list of, you know, again, backup backup center, um, you know, long athletic shot blocking three, four combo. And are you now thinking, OK, we might need to address the situation as well. And that's just me. But I, like I'm just shooting straight like I I watched the last couple of games and in, in complete disbelief that there was a point where they had to take him off the court and not put him back on the court when they didn't have another option. And uh, that was pretty startling. Yeah, I don't know, Ham. <laughs> I think, I, and you're not alone. You are not alone. Trust me. There's, there's a lot of people who feel the same way. Michael Jackson said, "I think <laughs> you're not alone." Shout out Michael Jackson, man, a classic. Um, I, I'm not going there with Davion just yet. Did he play well these two games? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's no sugarcoating that. But um, number one, you know, he's, he's a backup point guard. He's a backup point guard, and as a backup point guard, you're going to have moments where you're going to, you know, kind of help lead a team to victory, you know, with, with what you do off the bench or in a spot start. And there's going to be other times when it's like, oh, yeah, this is why you're not a starter in this league. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what these last two games were. This is why you're not a starting point guard. They're more of a backup guy. Um, but, I mean, I mentioned to Damian, he's – I don't want to say single-handedly, but he's played a huge part in winning a couple of games. You talk about the the Charlotte game, the way he played at Charlotte, the way he played there. Um, at San Antonio, he played really well. His defense against Denver, his defense against Phoenix, his defense against Cleveland at home here in uh, Sacramento. So he's had moments that are just as vital to the team's success as they were vital to the team's failures this past weekend. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I, I would just respond with, like, look, he went into a game where he was the guy. He had every opportunity to be the guy. And 
Um, and who was a better player uh, last night, him or Kyra Lewis? And, you know, Kyra is a guy who can't get on the on the court in New Orleans, but you go up against a team where you're missing one starter and they're missing an all-star in Zion, uh, a legit number two scorer in Brandon Ingram, their starting center in Valanchunas, and they just dominated you. And that's not all on him, but at the same time, you, you saw guys for that team step up. And that's where, like I keep saying, you know, even if we, we go with your um, your Casey Akpala 80% rule, right? Mm-hmm. The Kings need to figure out ways to get 20, 30% better at a couple of crucial positions right now. If this is who they want to be, if they want to be a third seed, if they want to be a four seed, a five seed, they need to get better. And they don't have they don't have the depth that we thought that they did. And when we've seen big injuries happen, more often than not, uh, they're the team that you know really looks like the wounded team who's missing one starter against a team missing three starters. And that's just not going to fly. That's not how this thing works. Like it, they need players who can step up in the in the moment. And not just play a role, but also be able to have something more that they can offer. And we're seeing a handful of players who just don't have that ability. And so, like, I think it's going to be a busy couple of days. Nobody does, though. Nobody can afford that. Nobody <laughs> the can. Pelicans, the Pelicans, Pelicans just, just thumped lost you. ten in a row. Don't let they what lost happened ten, yesterday. They lost ten in a row, but the, they just came in and don't thumped let, you. Don't let what happened yesterday third, confuse third game what they are. Days. Back to back. Just lost ten in a row. Yeah, the Phoenix Suns fell apart when Devin Booker. They they were losing (laughs) everybody. Yeah, I I get you. I get you. But at the same time, that team was on the fourth. uh, It was fourth, three games and four nights. The fourth night with the third game on a back to back, and they absolutely destroyed you. And I, I mean, it just showed that like. Who is going to step up when somebody big goes down? It, and I, I, we saw it with Sabonis where, uh, like, Rashawn Holmes stepped in and they were able to win a game. But, man, if you lose you lose one guard and every everyone else on the team looks like they forgot how to play basketball for a night, it's really stunning. But that's on everybody else on the team, Damian and James. That's not on we need new, new play. Like, Kevin Herter's got to play better. Harrison oh, Barnes yeah. got to be better than one of three. Keegan Murray hasn't had a shot in the last two games. Like, that's not on yeah. – like the, like the people that you want to re- – not you, but I'm just saying that people want to replace, these are the same guys that got you to this point, and these are these are starters. Like it's not Delhi's fault that they lost by 30 last night. It's Harrison, Herter, and, and uh, Murray, and along with Davion Mitchell. Sabonis didn't even play well last night. We moving on from him? Like they've got to be better as opposed to we need a better roster. They got to be better. <clears throat> Well, I agree they have to be better, but you also need a better roster. <laughs> you need both. Both can be true, man. The, those guys have to be better. Uh, you know, again, you look at Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray's just clearly hit the wall. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, oh, no. You don't like the wall? You don't like the wall. <laughs> Damien has left the building for those Damien's of you who are not gone. watching on the stream. Damien's gone. We got to get a camera out there to see if he's hitting the gritty in front of Stacy's office. He is. Oh no, he uh, went this way. James, before <laughs> about an hour ago, we said somebody brought up Keegan Murray hitting the wall, and Damien was like, "No, he ain't hitting the wall. The man just won uh, Rookie of the Month not only in January but de- December." And he said, 
if Ham comes in here and says he hit the wall, I'm getting in my pickup truck and I'm out of here. And he's a man <laughs> of his word. He's out of here. Unsolicited. That's amazing. I'll tell you this. Like, look, there was a game where he was really good. And then the next game, he wasn't really good. At, he was bad. And then the game after that, I started seeing him like adjusting his shot mid shot. And I'm like, oh no, what's happening? <laughs> like, we're seeing a kid that like he's just run out of gas. And like, you can call it a wall or you can call it whatever you want. But I'm just telling you, like, we see it time and time again. And for that matter, like, I think Kevin Herter hit a wall. No, like, Kevin Herter's no. legs aren't there. And over the last five or six games, he's been bad. He's averaging 8.8 points. I, mm. I think Keegan Murray came in the last night averaging 26% from the field over his previous four games. It's just absolutely wild. Can it so, just be a four, bad four-game stretch? It might just be that. I guess, but, I mean, he's just looked lost. I mean, I've seen Sabonis once again, like, yelling at him, like, man, what are you doing? Why are you standing right next to me? Why are you not making the same cuts? Why aren't you circling around in the motion offense? Like, what are you doing? And, like, they keep calling timeouts. They keep having Mike Brown step on the court and coach him. You know, he's getting beat off the dribble by slow-mo. You know, like, there's, there's a lot of things that you could look at where you're like, hey, um, and it's it's not two bad games. The, like people in Chatty House, he's had two bad games. No, Blake Harrison, he has not had two bad games. Had like three bad games. It. No, it's it's five. It's five bad games. Mm. And yeah, <laughs> no, it's not five bad games. Man. This just last Monday, a week ago, in the overtime win against Minnesota, he he went thirteen and thirteen. Five of seven from the field, three of eight from beyond the arc. Now that's not a like an all star game, but that's not a bad game. Game before that, he had eight points. He's been horrendous in the three games since. In San Antonio, Indiana, and New Orleans, he is a combined two of 13, two of 21, if my my math is correct, from the field in the last three games. He's been horrendous. But even when I look at those three games, he's just bricking shots. I I don't think, like, he's not – he's getting wide open catch-and-shoot shots. He's just missing them. He's missing them at a a terrible pace. But he's, he's just bricking shots. That's all it is. Okay, so I'll give you this. He's at four of the last five games. He's been bad, mm-hmm. but overall in his last five games, he's shooting twenty four point four percent from the field, twenty percent from three. He's averaging five point six points per game. Um, the one good thing is he's not turning the ball over, uh, but and he's also he's got he's averaging seven rebounds a game. But um, but over that stretch, I mean, twenty four percent from the field, twenty percent from three. And that's that's not like a couple of shots. No, I mean, that's twenty four threes, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. No, so. I agree with you. He's played. We we both agree, and there's no disputing. He has played terrible in four of the last five games. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's like a wall. I think he's getting wide open looks, and he's just missing shots. How many walls are there? <laughs> well, for rookies, there can be multiple walls. I got. Oh, I mean, multiple walls. Like. I mean, when you get to the 30-game mark, when they usually would have ended their, their college you know, season, um, like two months earlier than their college season would have ended, you see a lot of players drag around game 35. Hmm. Uh, and, and then sometimes you see them, especially, you know, he hasn't been through this before where you're looking at like a week off coming. It's just right around the corner and your mind starts to slip 
towards, you know, All-Star Weekend and like getting away for a few days. He hasn't seen his brother. He said he's going to see his brother during the All-Star break. Like he looks distracted and just a little off. And and again, I'm not saying replace him and I'm not saying replace Kevin Herter and I'm not saying Malik Monk or or De'Aaron Fox or Sabonis or uh, Harrison Barnes. But at some point, the rest of the team, they have to be able to step in and carry some of the load when you have a player go down or when somebody has an off night. And at this point, like I think Terrence Davis has done a good job of like at least being potentially playable. Uh, but and and again, Trey Trey Lyles has been that same way. But you you need to make sure that the rest of your roster is ready to play, and it just doesn't feel like that's always the case. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, the Kings always have first round picks and I always watch them slump at the same point. Look at Tyrese Halliburton last year. Yeah. Hector says the beam has hit a wall. I have a theory. The beam is a rookie. The beam has hit the rookie wall. There we go. I have a a theory. Let's hear it. I have a, maybe they're just not playing good ball right now. Maybe it's that. Maybe there isn't some deep, you know, four-hour prognostication that we have to do here on on ESPN 1320. Maybe they're just not playing good ball. Maybe they just got roughed up yesterday. Maybe they couldn't hit a shot word of damn. Maybe Keegan isn't thinking about his brother at the All-Star break. He just can't shoot for crap right now. Maybe Kevin Herter just decided, you know what? I'm not going to play defense tonight. Let's see how this goes. Harrison Barnes said, I'm going on strike. I'm not shooting tonight. Maybe they were just like, man, can't wait to see De'Aaron back here, and that's all they were thinking about the entire game. I have no idea. It's just we've, we've, we've done this probably three, four, five times this season. Now, if they don't respond tonight, I'll have a problem because – the Rockets are not very. The, the Rockets are a 13-win team. If you come out like you did last night against this 13-win team, I'll have a far greater issue. We knew entering this road trip, this seven-game road trip, the Indiana Pacers and the New Orleans Pelicans were the two best teams they were going to play. Mm. It sucks that they lost both of them. I'm going to give them an opportunity to respond tonight. I'm going to give them an opportunity to respond here in 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 just about 90 minutes. And James. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond as well. We'll come back. Want to get your thought on the Kyrie to Dallas stuff and how that may impact the Western Conference, if it impacts the Western Conference at all. And then we'll prepare for the Kings' third matchup against the Houston Rockets tonight when we return here with Dilo Casey and James Hamm on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No, back to D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and KC on ESPN 1320. Can't lie, I do kind of want to hear the end of the story. James <laughs> Ham had just said before the commercial break ended, what was, it, was it Sam Amick, Sean Cunningham, and James Ham walk into a Roscoe's? Now I just need <laughs> to know how this story ends. And Jason Jones. And Jason, yeah. Oh, so Jason okay. Jones, Sean Cunningham, uh, and uh, Sam Amick, we all went to Roscoe's. Uh, it was good. Like I, uh, I had never really done chicken and waffles before. Um, I think that's where like diabetes, di- the diabetes, like got its start <laughs> is from Roscoe's waff- uh, waffles and and syrup. Uh, but yeah, I-, I thought it was delicious. And we actually we went to the donut place there in L.A. too. That's it's like Frank's Donuts or something. Has a and I have a picture of Sean. Like holding the donut, oh, the giant. Donut. Randy's, isn't it? Yeah, Randy's, yeah it's Randy's. Randy's. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Whatever. It is. Yeah, we went there too. Yep. Uh, you know me. I need that Obama special number nine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Formerly known as the Country Boy, but I'm taking the number nine. Give me uh, three, three chicken wings and one waffle. I get eggs on the side. That's all I need in life. I said, huh? Nothing else? Because no. a minute ago, this all started because Kenny saw a picture of a pancake. No, I saw, it was waffles. Actually. Oh, it was a picture of a waffle. Yeah. and I go, Oh, oh yeah, because it was Jesse and they're slandering pancakes. That was uncalled for. So, no, it went just, too far. Yeah, I, I, I had McDonald's hotcakes this weekend. Like, our, oh our oldest God. likes to uh, You're rich. make, he <laughs> likes to make the wife, uh, like, get up on the weekends and want, like, usually one day they'll go to Starbucks or they'll go to McDonald's and they always call, like, what do you want? So... I had an egg McMuffin, hash brown, and then I'm like, you know what? Some hotcakes sound good. Mm. Had some hotcakes. I only had about good. half of them. It's just Are they? expensive. Okay. All right. It's Everything's expensive. expensive now, man. This is true. 
Eggs. Yeah. How are eggs going to be expensive, man? Come on, man. I, 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 I was on. like, where are eggs $9? And then I went to the store. Oh, here. They're $9 Everywhere. Over here. On, They're, now, now the world is just making up. What script is this? Just making up random. <laughs> We're going to we make had, eggs $9. Uh, the, breakfast, the breakfast spot by our house, they, they stopped serving breakfast. They said, look, we've been like biting it on on the breakfast on on egg prices for the last couple of months and we just can't do it now so we're not going to serve breakfast wow yeah like wow. they just they can't get them from their suppliers it's like for a stack like the five uh five like not dozen but like the case with five layers mm-hmm. is like 82 bucks <laughs> they're like we yeah we wow. can't afford like Good lord yeah. man wow Yep. My goodness. Well, I don't want the Kings to play basketball if they can't play without De'Aaron Fox. So uh, we know that De'Aaron Fox is not on the injury report for tonight's game. Is, 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 is it safe to assume we're going to see five in uniform tonight at five? Yeah, he's going to be there. Uh, almost guarantee he starts uh, ready to roll. Um, yeah, back from personal reasons. Uh, and, and that's something it, it, I don't get it. Why are there fans that are freaking out because De'Aaron Fox has a personal issue and and they don't know what the personal issue is or no one can will confirm what the personal issue is? So they got to freak out on Twitter ridiculous. and on, on social media and get into it with like De'Aaron Fox's wife. Like I, what is going it on here, It was really people? like one person who just popped off at the mouth a little bit. And I mean, I'm sure there are other people who are who are in people's mentions, but that all escalated because De'Aaron's wife was like, yeah, I'm not going to have any of this and decided to respond to him. And which was probably the greatest moment of his life. Mm -hmm. And he just kept that conversation going before he deleted his account. And I think he started another one. It was it it was an interesting night on Twitter. I was just trying to watch the Grammys. (laughs) I was just that's all. I was just trying to sing the praises of Beyonce. But every time I opened Twitter, this conversation just kept going and going. So I excuse myself from that. But the point is, I think it's just there are always entitled fans out there. And I think that's ultimately what it boils down to is an entitled fan. That was embarrassing. It was. It, it was. I, I don't get it though. Like who and they can a, hide behind the veil of social media where yeah. they don't have to say who they are or what their name is, and they can hide behind their little account that they created two hours ago. Sorry, James. It was a thrift store guy. Yeah, right. that was that's who that's who really got. It yeah, was, that that was that was pretty brutal. And he was in my mentions long before that. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Like, and why are people tracking how many days he's missed? because of a potential the potential birth of a child we don't have anything confirmed but like the potential like we all know that his wife is pregnant so why are people freaking out like mm-hmm. demonis sabonis missed a game or two like people miss games like they're like oh well i know that like gordon hayward only missed he didn't miss a game it's like well how many kids does he have first of all how many did he miss with the first kid like it's just ridiculous like if these players are are actual human beings they're not like video game things that you get to get angry about and to me it's just like it's really strange like when a player continues to miss time for for personal reasons then we have to dig deeper but i think we all know what was going on here i mean i remember james johnson missed a month uh because his girlfriend had a like a preemie baby like he missed a month. Like mm. these things happen. Like they're real people. Uh, you know, George Hill, 
uh, God bless his heart, he lost three family members in the first half of the season while he was with Sacramento. Hmm. Like things happen. He was at funerals. Like it is what it is. Like he's got he's got to be somewhere else. So I hope that fans like grow up and and get off of that weird train. I I just don't I don't understand it. And like, uh, you know, and and I'll jump in front of uh, Kings fans. And I know you're not coming at Kings fans, James, but you know I, I would like to yeah. personally uh, say that it's not Kings fans. That's a couple of jackasses who are on Twitter. Um, and one of the hardest things in the world. Trust me, I know, is to ignore jackasses on Twitter sometimes. You know what I mean? And you know, and it, it it'll be one, maybe two people who will tweet you over and over and over again. And you know, a couple times, you know, in, in life I'll respond, but more times than not, you just kind of ignore them. You just kind of move on because, because like you said, Damien, that made his day, that made his life, that he was able to get a response um, from the foxes and. I, you know, you just can't give him no satisfaction. But I really think in general it was uh, a few Kings fans who are jackasses and you don't you don't pay them no mind. Yeah, I just block them. That's what I do. Like, no, they, just... they got they got to they got to see all the blessings I get in life. <laughs> they got they got to see what, what my God has done for me. You ain't getting blocked. You're going to see what's going on in this life. I just ain't going to respond to you. Yeah, I I would prefer that they don't get they have to go follow someone else for their coverage. Like you go ahead, that's fine. I don't care. You go find someone else to cover <laughs> that that covers a team that you like. It's fine. Well, all that matters is it appears uh, De'Aaron Fox is back tonight and will go. And we saw what a different team uh, they look like uh, without De'Aaron. But James and 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 I'm sure there's a a psychological boost, there's a motivational boost, you know, there's something mentally here with De'Aaron Fox being back, but I'm going to need to see an overall better effort than I did last night. Like, we know that this team isn't a great defensive team, and that's okay. Like, we've, we've settled on that. And no move made between now and Thursday is going to make them a great defensive team. But they're a whole hell of a lot better defensively than what we saw Yesterday, So if it's simple as refocusing after today's film session or whatever it may be, it's great that De'Aaron is back. I believe that's a catalyst to a lot of great things that are going to happen. But this team needs to be better on the defensive end. Yeah, they uh, the, the, the team started to show signs of something different. And we, we were watching them grow and start to do this, like playing the passing lanes and being aggressive. Yeah, that that died quickly. Um, yeah, it, it got ugly out of nowhere. Uh, they've, they've got to figure out a way to, to play it uh, like straight up all season long. I mean, there's 82 games. If you can't play defense in at least half of them, you're, you're going to, you're going to lose a lot of games. Mm. And the fact that they can't get better, uh, you know, like at some point we have to stop expecting like this team to, to do something that they're not capable of. And that's where I've, I'm of the opinion that, like you can go out and get better defensive players that could help you defensively. They're not going to fix everything, but if you start replacing one player, player X with player Y, who knows? You know, you might find a way to to improve by leaps and bounds if you stop having these holes in parts of your rotation. And so I would expect them again. I think that they're going to be aggressive. I don't know. You know, Monty's told me specifically, hey, I'm not going to make a move just to make a move. I don't think we're in that position. Mm -hmm. He's like, but at the same time, we understand where we are. We understand that we're 
we need to get better, that the roster isn't done. And that's something that, that I think he'll take into between now and Thursday. You know, they've got a $4 million trade exception that I think expires tomorrow. Mm. Uh, so like that's one chip that they've got to work with. It's either tomorrow or Wednesday. Um, so either they can use that or they can just use, you know, $4 million contracts, but, uh, or, or $10 million contracts, but like they need to make a couple of adjustments here to help them get over the, over the hump. And, and I'll say this too, the, the starters and, and the, the rotational guys, the seven or eight guys that we talk about all the time, they've done enough to earn that. They've done enough for their to show that they're legit and that their GM needs to go get them some help here at the deadline because clearly they can't do everything. There are certain things that this group of players cannot. They're not physical capable, physically capable of doing, but you know that can be addressed at the deadline. And this is just like I, I compared it to a baseball team. You get to the stretch run. You need a fifth starter. You need another bat in the outfield. You need a couple of, you know, setup guys to get you to your closer. That's where we're at right now. The Kings need to go address some of these needs that they have between now and the deadline. James, I understand that, but the the starters were terrible yesterday. Oh no, they were terrible. Like awful. Yeah. yeah. No, I I agree. Okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with that. The starters were were absolutely horrible, but. To go back to Kenny's point, like this is a group that's got you six games over 500. You know, they need the other pieces to make this thing, to finish this thing off. And there's going to be certain nights where they have off nights and they mm-hmm. need someone else to step up and, and fill a role that, that's not just, you know, remember early in the season when uh, Terrence Davis had that 33 point night, right? Mm-hmm. That's so few and far between where they have that. You know, every once in a while, Trey Lyles can go for 20. But they need that secondary guy that if you need it, you can get something like, you know, what was it? Uh, it was a Trey Mann that went off for 30 last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyra Lewis going, you know, putting up 11 points. Like it, you're playing teams that have these other options that you just don't have right now. And even the, the shot blocking thing or the rebounding thing, like you can find players that can help this team. Trey Murphy went off for 30 and virtually everyone Murphy. else in the Pelicans. Murphy didn't miss. Virtually everyone else in the Pelicans uniform went off also. <laughs> yeah. now, now, Somewhere yeah. Zion Williamson was getting buckets last night. <laughs> yeah. I, I will, I, I'll say this. James is correct. I agree with James. I agree <gasps> with a lot of people who say, hey, you got to get, you got to get better. You got to get better. But if, if if the things that James said need to happen actually happen, they'd probably be the Boston Celtics. <laughs> There's a reason why Boston is who they are, right? The Kings are not they're not gonna that's not gonna happen. Like well, what's not, the that that you're referring to? I'm like if if the starters aren't playing well, and he wasn't talking about just this, but Terrence Davis is gonna hit thirty one. Trey Lyle is going to hit 24. Or Davion, if Fox is down, is going to come in and he's going to score 17 points, something like that. That's not going to happen more times than not. Or it's going to be inconsistent. That's why they are who they are. If that didn't happen, they'd be one of the best teams in basketball. Just because that doesn't happen, and I'm not saying you're saying this, James, or Damon or anybody else, doesn't mean they don't have enough to achieve goals. Right. 
They don't have enough. Like, I think without a move, James, I think without a move they got enough to be top six. Without a move. I don't think they're falling out of the top six. Without a move, depending on the matchup, I think they can win a series in the playoffs. And that may be where the ceiling is for this team without a move. If they make a move, if they want to do more, yeah, maybe they need a move. I don't know there's a move to be made that's going to get them past that ceiling. Like, I I don't know if that's going to happen. But as is, I think they could be top six and potentially win a a playoff series. I don't think they need to make a move to do that. I agree with a lot of what you say. Um, And and I'm going to circle one word in what you kept saying there, and it's that think. I think. I would rather know. And And what I mean by that is if you think you can get there with this group, but you know you can get there if you add this piece and this piece and this piece, I want to see it. I go go do it because this is a moment where like there the difference between being in the playoff picture and out of it is so incredibly slim that like we think right now because they've they've been a number 3 seed for a certain amount of time that they're a really really good team and this is that they're a playoff team like these things get tight in the last 25 games of the season like if you have holes in your roster try to try to like I'm not saying fix them long term if you can do that but like you need to do some patchwork here and make sure that you can hold together through the final 30 games of the season, 25 games of the season, and and continue to make this run. And give yourself not just like you think that they might be able to win a playoff series, but like there are pieces out there that would make you feel like, oh, I know we can win a playoff series. And that's where I would be. Like you can take the slow approach and hope that the next year they take the big leap and the year after. But then we start factoring other things like the Harrison Barnes situation and everything else, like, you know, all of these free agents that they have that most of which won't be back. Um, and can they go sign someone else? Can they bring in someone else? Can they find a mystical draft pick and, you know, pick 15 through 25? Um, like there's, we start getting into way too many questions. Like I would rather have a really good idea of what I had right now and, and push forward with that if, if you can. Like make improvements if you can. That's that's all. Sure, sure. And maybe that's the the bigger issue is maybe Mike doesn't exactly know what he has here, or maybe he doesn't like exactly what he because I think Malik is pretty reliable. I think Malik is kind of the anchor of that second unit, and Trey really is. If if Malik is anchoring one side, I think Trey Lyles is anchoring the mm-hmm. other. Everything else has just been a well. Let's try Tremezi. Let's try Rashawn. Okay, this is Terrence's week, okay? It's not Terrence's week now. It's 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 a constant in and out and who we're going with. And now, because you had a solid performance from Keon Ellis in 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 a game where everybody just wanted the buzzer to expire, we talk about challenge flags. There needs to be a white flag that you just pull <laughs> out of your back pocket and throw it onto the court and the game is instantly over and everybody leaves. Because that's what last <laughs> night's game was. And while I am absolutely anxious to see Keon Ellis play. I put very little stock in what we saw last night. Loved what we saw. It is very, yo, it's NBA minutes on an NBA floor with NBA players. Just good stuff from Keon Ellis. Mm-hmm. James, I, I, I can't put much more to it in it. I can't put, put, put much more in it than that. James, oh, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Like I totally agree. We can't just like start penciling in or, or writing him in a pen 
for the final 28 games of the season, he's going to play, you know, 18 minutes a night. Like, I'm not saying that uh, at all. Like, but I will tell you this, that like his profile of what he does on the court, he is a long, super athletic, super quick defender. He fights through screens really well. He hits his three point shots. He plays off the ball. That's not who he is today. It's who he was all through college. And so like he, his profile is still the same. He's still a guy that can give you things that you need uh, as far as this this particular team. He's just not ready. Like, I'm not I'm not saying throw Keon Ellis out there. And that's where it's like, look, you know, you got a guy like Casey Akpala, and he can't even get on the court, right? And, and he has the one skill that you need, the defensive, you know, mindset that you need. Well, he's got to be able to do more than just one thing. And so that's where I'm hoping that, you know, they make they make moves, not just to make moves, but moves because it makes your team better. And, and that's what Monty has shown me every step of the way. Even his first trade deadline, where he came out of it with uh, what uh, right with TD mm-hmm. and with um, why am I drawing a blank? Um, right, Terrence Davis and uh, Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless. Yeah, Mo Harkless. Like he he improved the team right there. Mm-hmm. Even. Three moves like that right now this year, and I'm not saying those players and those positions, three moves like that mm-hmm. that sure up mm-hmm. positions on your court, that would make me feel more confident with this team being a, uh, you know, not just a, a top three seed, but like a top six, uh, a team that I, I think will be there in the end. Um, because I just keep looking at the, they're now pacing for like 46 wins, 47 wins. That's not where a three seed usually lands. And to be honest, there are seasons where an eight seed has 47, has 40, uh, 47, 48 wins as like the low point of getting into the playoffs. This team needs to be better. I'll let you guys know when I'm concerned about them not making the top six. It ain't today. It's not, it's not today for me either. No, it's not today. Last night sucked. Uh, Friday kind of sucked too. Um, but that's their best player. That's it. That's it. And even if De'Aaron had played last night, it still wouldn't have been. No, nah, they would have got beat up man. last night. Friday, they would have won, though. We never to get, like, Fox is an all-star. Like, if if Curry can't play, I, I'm just going to go. I don't I'll think go Curry's back and playing. find a quote. <laughs> yeah, I'll Curry go back and playing. find a quote, but I'll tell you, Adam Silver at one point said, we put this guy in the all-star game because he was next on the list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox is next on the list. Anthony Davis is also, if it's forwards, is next on the list. But as far as guards, next on the list is De'Aaron Fox. And he used that, I believe it was with Goran Dragic years ago when he chose Dragic over uh, over uh, DeMarcus Cousins. That's crazy. He said he was next on the list. And <laughs> it's like, crazy. okay, peace. Now, I want to see it this time. Is 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 that the is that the the cumulative thing that we saw, or does this yes, have anything to do with the coaches? It has nothing to do with the coaches, then. Okay. No, it's a cumulative thing. I mean, he's next on the list in the cumulative, and everyone knows that. And he should be he should be an all star. We shouldn't start hashing out whether you know Ant Man did enough in the last week and a half to beat him and get into the all star game over him. No. De'Aaron absolutely deserves the all star nod. Anthony Edwards believes that De'Aaron Fox uh, deserves the all star so nod. But I, I also wonder if if what happened over the course of the last couple of days actually happened for De'Aaron, if he wouldn't be perfectly happy just being at home for a week. There's that, too. 
That's just a guess. But I'm 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 also confident he would like the the accolade of of being named an All Star because he deserves it, and that's the type of season that he has uh, has had. Uh, but that's something that won't be ruled on for a while. Uh, James, we appreciate you as always. Make sure you head over to thekingsbeat.com. Become a premium subscriber over there. You can catch up on the newsletters and the podcast and all of that great stuff. And if you're listening on ESPN 1320 AM, 98.5 FM, uh, HD2, or if you're listening on the Odyssey app, you could catch up on D-Lo and KC. We're going to run it back. You missed our conversation with Lindsey Harding. We've got that coming up for you here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Go Kings! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.